This episode of Proper English is brought to you by Silent Vowels and the idiom to throw one's hat into the ring. Hello, my name's Dave. And I'm Alison. And we'd like to welcome you to the sixth episode of our podcast, which, as you know, is called Proper Proper English. English. If you're learning English and you want to know the correct word to use in a particular situation. If you get stuck thinking of a right preposition. If you're puzzled by definite and indefinite articles. Then proper English is just the thing for you. So, previously on proper English, we talked about silent consonants. So it's only fair that we should give some consideration to silent vowels this time. And obviously there are fewer vowels than there are consonants. E, E, I, O, U. So we'll also be looking at how we pronounce the letter R, because that's often tied up with vowels too. It's worth pointing out that sometimes Y is used as a vowel as well. In myth and Y, for instance. But you'll be relieved to know that Y is never silent. Although, some would argue that it's kind of superfluous in the word beyond. Oh, beyond. I I kind of feel it's there. Yeah, whether you've got a Y in there or not, it's still got beyond, hasn't it? It's impossible to say it without the Y, but it's impossible... Oh, Oh, that's (laughs) messing with my head. Uh, Okay, now let's start with silent A's. So if you go to the bread aisle in the local supermarket... The A's in bread, B-R-E-A-D, and aisle, A-I-S-L-E, contribute nothing phonetically. Or in phonetically. Oh, good spot, Ali. I'm pretty sure that quite a few words that end A-double-L-Y have an A that isn't pronounced. Uh, Like musically, artistically, uh, and you get a double whammy with aesthetically. uh, And with even more silent E's, quite a lot as it goes. Yeah. So in what you've just said, for instance, um, contribute, sure, quite, have, more, like, and goes, each of those words have something in common. Silent E's! Mm -hmm. See, if you have an E at the end of a word, you never pronounce it. But usually, it's what used to be called a magic E in primary schools back in the day, because it makes the vowel before it into a longer sound. In contribute, and quite, and goes, for instance. But... And there's always a but, isn't there? It doesn't always work like that. Have, for instance, takes no notice of that particular rule. And also more and are. But in those words, we've got digraphs. And I guess we can look at those beasties and trigraphs and blends and all those kinds of things in another episode. Oh, I should say so. We've got (laughs) enough on with silent vowels. (laughs) There are other exceptions like giraffe and cassette. And gazelle, for instance. I think they're derived from French originally because of the double letter before the E. Yeah, you might be right. And also be aware of words that are spelt the same, but are pronounced differently. Like minute, meaning 60 seconds. And minute, meaning tiny. Or, as in, I've got a pet newt called Tiny because he's minute. Oh, terrible joke, Dave. Well, this is maybe... But a lot of our students are interested in English humour and a lot of it relies on wordplay. Yeah, it does, you're right. But my newt. Good grief. 
<laughs> well, I think the important thing to take away from all this is that E is always silent if it's at the end of the word. Yeah, and just a particular note there for our Brazilian students and our Korean students who find that tricky, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So worth pointing out. Yeah. Anyway, on to silent eyes. Now, I've only been able to find a couple in business and parliament. I've got another one. All right. If a member of parliament was wearing a posh business suit. Suit. No eye in suit. Well, there is. Well, yeah, but no pronounced eye in suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and silent O's. Silent O's are weird, man. I mean, look at tough. T-O-U-G-H. Enough. E-N-O-U-G-H. And rough. R-O-U-G-H. Completely counterintuitive. Most of the letters shouldn't be there at all. And don't get me started on Colonel. What on earth's going on there? Yeah, that's proper weird. And people. Uh, and Jeopardy and Leopard. I don't suppose they're so difficult. Yeah, and, and also, when I was a kid, we used to pronounce it awkwardly to help us to remember how to spell it. Did you? Peopel, Leopard. Ah, yeah, Leopard. Leopard, that's it, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> Colonel, oh, it's just too strange. Yeah. And finally, silent use. Build, B-U-I-L-D, guard, guilty, laugh. Each of these words has a U that has no business being there, to be honest. Oh, and there's a bit of an epilogue. See what I did there? Mm -hmm. Words that end G-U-E or L-O-G-U-E, in those cases, the U is silent and it hardens the G. So colleague, league, tongue, catalogue, dialogue, analogue, and indeed, epilogue. So the first group are Latin in origin via yeah. French and German. And the other lot, the second lot, are from the Greek word for word or speech. Yeah, an epilogue actually means conclusion of a speech, which is where this one ends. Ah. <laughs> OK, that was a quick run through of silent vowels. Now for an area of pronunciation many of our students ask about. What do we do with a letter R? Yeah. To start with, we need to talk about roticity, which is about how and when you pronounce the letter R. Generally speaking, British English is non-rhotic and American English is rhotic. Mm -hmm. But some regional British accents are rhotic and some regional American accents are non-rhotic. Oh, I'm, I'm cross-eyed <laughs> now, Dave. <laughs> right. OK. Shall I go on? Yes. <laughs> so it means that in British English... We don't pronounce the R if it has a consonant afterwards, like park and world. Or if it's at the end of the word, like teacher or better. But we do when it's followed by a vowel. Red, bright, crash. So that's rhotic. Hold on, that's non-rhotic. Oh, it's so confusing. <laughs> so confusing. Right, so, so, so that's non-rhotic, mm -hmm. whereas in American English... The R is always pronounced park and world and teacher and better. And if I was from Scotland, Glasgow, for instance, I would probably say world or girl. I'm hoping you can tell the difference. Mm. There's another difference when it comes to British English as well, isn't there, Ali? Yeah, so there's the linking R. Not the linking park? No, Dave, the linking R. You see the R in Baker is silent because it isn't followed by a vowel. Uh -huh. But if I were to use it in a sentence, if I were to say there's a new baker in town, well, then I would pronounce the R. Do you see why? So really, in our introduction, we've got it all wrong. Hmm? We should be saying proper English. Yeah. Not proper English, 
because we're British English. <laughs> what do you think, listeners? Which sounds better? Is it proper English or proper English? Which is more proper? <laughs> and now it's time for Idiom of the Week. This week, especially for Chris from Poland, we're going to talk about throwing one's hat in the ring. This has a sporting origin. Going back to the days when boxing was very popular, Marquis of Queensbury rules and all that, and because of the noise of the crowd, if you wanted to challenge a boxer, you had to employ a visual cue. No point shouting. Mm -hmm. A gentleman challenger would actually throw his hat into the ring to let everyone know his intentions. And this evolved into an idiom meaning that you were entering any contest, not just boxing. And eventually, in the early 20th century, in the United States of America, the politician, Theodore Roosevelt, used it to indicate that he was joining the presidential race. Since then, throwing your hat in the ring generally means that you're entering a political contest. There's another boxing-based idiom that kind of means the opposite, throwing in the towel, which is what the people on in your corner, the seconds, would do to indicate defeat to the referee, so to stop the boxer from getting a beating. This became used in other less violent situations and now means basically that you're giving up. So one means entering a competition and the other means leaving it. And we're leaving it now for this week. Mm -hmm. We hope you've enjoyed listening to our conversation. If you have any friends we're learning English, let them know about us. They can find us by searching Proper English on Podbean or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whichever podcast directory they prefer. Don't forget to like us and follow us and leave us some feedback or you can email us at properenglish or one word at sapo.pt if you have any suggestions for future podcasts for instance. Or if you have any questions or queries about what we've talked about we'd love to hear from you even if it's just to say hello. So until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. Or is it Proper English? Or Proper English. Or Proper English. <laughs> we don't know.